today we're continuing our series, Revolutionary Versus Reactionary. And last week, I began to just kind of put this idea in your head, and I hope you've been thinking about it this past week. I don't know about you, but one of the things I hate most in life are crickets. They drive me absolutely insane. It's a little bit of a problem. I have a little issue inside my heart towards I just cannot stand them because I'm trying to relax and they start making those noises and it's all I can think about. And so our family will be sitting on the couch watching a movie and they will tell you if I hear anything, I'll pause the movie. What was that? What was that? And I start looking around. I start listening and they know it's going to probably be a half hour to 45 minutes before we start the movie again because I have got to hunt this thing. And so I have all kinds of tactics. I got my sticky pads all over the house. I have my chemicals I'll grab. Man, I'll grab like a cleaning product. If I see a rogue one walking around, I'll spray that thing and stun it until I can kill it and put it out of my misery. So I just have to beat these things. Now there was one that was beating me. There was one that I couldn't figure out what was going on. Every time I walked past Landon's room, I would hear this cricket. And so I go into his room and I wouldn't hear it anymore. I'd come back out into the hallway, walk around out there, and I'd hear it back and forth and back and forth. And eventually I realized it wasn't a cricket. It was a creaky floorboard that I was stepping on that sounded just like that. But I still blame the crickets. I truly believe they knew this would drive me insane. And so while they were still kind of in their cricket season, they went under those boards and they ate it out just enough to make a little bit of an indent so that every time I walked on it, it would make that noise. But my wife will look at me and say, Doug, why don't you just leave the thing alone? Like, why, why do you have to go get this thing? Oh, no, no, I must go get this. I am on a mission. This is a battle cry that I have. And I'll say things like this. Things can't stay like this, right? Things can't stay as they are. Something must be done. I cannot remain inactive. Things must change. I have got to deal with it. Now, I want you to think about a few of those phrases. In fact, I'm going to say them, then I want you to say them, because I think they are revolutionary battle cries, and they need to get up in our heart when we're talking about this kind of stuff in this series. So I'm going to say it, then I want you to say it. Things can't stay as they are. Things can't stay as they are. Something must be done. Something must be done. I cannot remain inactive. I cannot remain inactive. Things must change. Things must change. See, that's the revolutionary battle cry that I'm talking about here. And last week I talked with you guys about praying revolutionary prayers as opposed to reactionary prayers. Reactionary is just you and I reacting to life. It's us kind of backed up against the ropes, kind of feeling like we're getting beat down and we're on defense, right? And last week we talked about praying revolutionary prayers, prayers that are big, they're bigger than us, they're about something bigger than us. We are on offense and we are making an impact. And so I pray this past week, that's what you did. And so last week I challenged you to pray revolutionary prayers. This week, I'm asking you to live a revolutionary life. That's my prayer for you and I this week, that we'll catch a vision to live a revolutionary life. The problem is we don't really know how to do this, do we? Like we struggle with this. We struggle with knowing what this looks like and how to do it. And so today I want to talk with you about some stuff because I think the reactionary life for you and I is to just sort of react to the things happening around us, right? Forget prayer for just a minute. It can really become our whole life that looks like this. And so we're thinking about this whole pandemic and we're just reacting to it, right? Maybe our marriage is struggling. We're reacting to it. Maybe relationship struggles are happening. We're just reacting to it. Financial things are happening. We're just kind of reacting. And suddenly there's like almost this quarantine comatose that we can kind of find ourselves stuck in. And we're not living on mission, right? And maybe it's not just this pandemic. Maybe this has just sort of been your life or this last season of your life where you just feel like, man, I'm not really living for anything big right now. I don't really have a vision for something big right now. I'm kind of just maintaining, I'm reacting. 
And this, again, the picture then is you and I backed up against the ropes, getting beat, our hands in front of our face, trying to protect ourselves from the next punch that's coming, right? There's a better way. I want you and I to be inspired today to live a revolutionary life. Uh, Last week, we looked at the definition of revolutionary. It's this, constituting or bringing about a major or fundamental change. That's what it looks like to live a revolutionary life, a life that brings impact and change. But what does that look like? How do we live that life? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to see that today. But before we get there, I need you to know something. I need you to know something because some of you are sitting there going, I think living a revolutionary life is for like missionaries and pastors and all these other kinds of people, right? I got to tell you something. This is fundamental. This is so important. You, you are called to live a revolutionary life. Like God wants you to live a revolutionary life. You are called to impact your neighborhood. You are called to light up your social media network with the light and hope and love of Jesus. You are, right? You are called to impact your friends. You are called single people in this season of your life to leverage that in a revolutionary way. Retired folks, you are in this season of your life, this unique season. You are called to use that type of environment, the things that you're experiencing now, the changes and, and maybe this different pace of life to be used revolutionary in a huge way for God. Guys, listen to me. Every single one of this, quarantined, sitting home, in this quarantine comatose, we are called to get a vision for something bigger and live a revolutionary life right now. And so here's the deal. I'm going to say it, then I want you to say it. I am called to live a revolutionary life. I am called to live a revolutionary life. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. We're going to discover what that looks like. I pray some of you will get a vision for this. Somebody I talked to this past week shared that after the the service last Sunday, they just got a vision for something bigger than themselves. And it was almost like they just sort of woke up after being in a little bit of a comatose for the last six weeks. And then my prayer is that'll happen to every single one of us today. There'll just be this vision that we get. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad you're tuning in and you're watching along. And I hope you will learn today that God wants you to live a huge revolutionary life as well. But I also want you to see something powerful about God. I want you to see this, that God is a rescuer. God is a rescuer. And I don't know what you're stuck in, but he wants to rescue you in a powerful way. So we're going to look at a guy named Moses today. And the name Moses may as well be a synonym for the word revolutionary. God used this guy in such huge ways. He made such a huge impact. And really, God used him to save an entire nation. And a lot of you guys kind of know the backstory here. But I just want to stop and say, what was his secret? Like, what was Moses' secret? Like, to live this revolutionary big life, to to be able to use to be used in a way that God used them to change a whole nation. Like what was going on? What do we not know that he knew? Well, there's two things. First of all, he was called. He was called to some big things, but I already told you, so are you. You are called to the same revolutionary life that Moses was. Maybe not to save a whole nation, but to impact your neighborhood, to reach the people that don't know Jesus, to light up social media right now, which is one of the only means of communication we even have in a huge way with the love of God. To, again, leverage the single life, the retired life, the quarantine comatose life right now to shake that off and to live for something 
big. But beyond that, there's some kind of secret Moses must have had. What was he tuned into? What was going on that he was aware of that caused him to live in the way that he did? We're going to see that today in this powerful story. And so again, a lot of you guys know the backstory. Pharaoh had been horrible to the people of Israel. They had been oppressed and God sent Moses to rescue them. God sends the 10 plagues because Pharaoh's heart is hard. Eventually he lets the people go and we catch up here in Exodus 13, 17. It says this, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road. Hold on. See that word there? Lead. Lead, right? I'm going to say it, you say it. Lead. Lead. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Right here. Right here. We have discovered something about Moses' secret. It's that word I had you say. Lead. Here is the deal. God was leading Moses, but it's so much bigger than that. Here's what I need you to catch today. Here's what I need you to grab a hold of today. God wants to lead all of us. We know that, right? It's not just that God was leading. It's that Moses was aware that God was leading. That's the difference, right? It's that Moses was in tune with it. Like we all know God wants to direct us to some things today, whether it's loving the people in our home we're sitting next to, or it's somehow shining in a, in a way that's bigger than us outside our house today through social media or we do a little drive-by of somebody's house and honk the horn and say, hey, hang in there, God loves you, whatever that looks like for you. But God's leading you and I to some things. Are we aware of his leading? That is huge. All throughout scripture, you see people who were used by God in powerful ways. They were tuned into his leading. And that's what Moses' secret was today. But I want you to learn some things about when God leads us today. Because it sounds kind of romantic and exciting. Wow, God could lead me. But think about it for a second. You know what we just read in that verse? We just read that God did not lead them the short way. He led them the long way. Now, you and I would often look at that and say, I don't want to be led the long way, right? I want to be led the short way. In fact, I'm going to say something I want you to say. God, lead me the short way. Go ahead and say it. God, lead me the short way. That's what we want. Lead me the short way through the quarantine. Lead me the short way through the pain. Lead me the short way through the circumstances, right? We want the quick way, the quick fix, right? And it would have been real easy right here for Moses to just react and go, God, why are you leading us the short way? Why, why aren't you leading us the short way? Why, why are you going to take us the long way? We don't want to go that way. But, but Moses knew something, that God understands what he's up to. God knows what he's doing. There is a reason. And we find it right, right here in the next part. It says, Exodus 13, For God said, if they face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. Can I tell you something today? As you learn to trust God and follow his lead, God has a reason for leading you the long way sometimes. I'm going to say it, then I want you to say it. God has a reason for leading you the long way sometimes. God has a reason for leading you the long way sometimes. I want you to think for a second about the times God led you the long way. You see, if you're going to live a revolutionary life, then you have to trust God even when he's leading you in a way that doesn't seem like it's the quickest or the easiest or maybe even the best. Think about a time in your life. I could tell you a time in my life, man. When I was 23 years old, I so badly wanted to plant a church and I was thinking about doing it. And I just, I just knew as I prayed about it, no, this is not the right time, man. There's stuff God's got to do in me. He's got to prepare me for things. And I'm so thankful that he took me the long way. That it wasn't until years and years later that I was a lead pastor because there was so much in me that God had to kill. There was so much in me God had to change and grow and develop. I'm so thankful God led me the long way. And I want to say something to you today as you are learning to live this revolutionary life and follow the leading of God. He's going to lead you the long way sometimes. He's not going to always take you the short way, but it's in those moments like Moses, you and I have to say, wait, 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 I'm living for something bigger than me. I would take me the short way. 
I'm going to trust God. Let me ask you something. How is God leading you the long way right now? Maybe you're going, man, it's just this quarantine. It feels like forever, Doug. Like you said, seven weeks in of watching church on a couch, man. I mean, this just feels so old. I don't know. Maybe it's that or something else. But I want to encourage you, trust. Hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. We're going to get past this. God's up to some things in the midst of it all. Look what it says in verse 18. So God led the people. There's that word again. Led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Drop down to verse 21. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Guys, this is an image I need in your mind. If you're going to live a revolutionary life, you have to learn how to follow God's leading. And I want you to get this image of how God led his people. Can you picture a literal pillar of cloud? Like just imagine you walked outside your house today and there was a big pillar in the shape of or a big cloud in the shape of a pillar, right? Or let's say later tonight when it got dark out and you're wondering, how's God leading me? You walk outside, there's just this huge pillar of fire out there. And anywhere it went, you knew to follow it because that was the leading of God. Now here's the tricky part. You're going, Doug, I don't have that. Like, I don't have a pillar of cloud or fire. If I did, I would understand God's leading in my life, and I would be in on this revolutionary life. But I don't have that. And so how am I going to follow? How am I going to live this life? In fact, as I was thinking about this message, and I was trying to come up with a scripture to use and just praying, like, God, what would illustrate this really well? What's a picture we get in people's mind to see what it looks like to follow you? This story came to mind, but I came up with the same objection you came up with. God, how can I tell them this story where there's a literal pillar of cloud and fire that when it went, people followed it, and when it stopped, the people stopped. How can I use that? Because we just don't have that here today. And so I'm arguing with God a little bit. But he impressed something on my heart. He said this, you know, just kind of impressed it on my heart. Doug, you have something better. You have something better than a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. What did I feel like God was maybe kind of pushing me toward and understanding here? Well, two things. First off, the Holy Spirit, guys. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in our lives. I want you to rate some circumstances or possibilities with me here, okay? Because I think in our minds we think, okay, but I'd rather have the pillar of fire and cloud because it'd at least be clear, right? And it'd be kind of cool to follow around a pillar of fire, right? But I want you to think about this, this idea of the, the pillar of fire, all right, and, and following that around. I think a lot of us will look at that and go, that's a pretty good, pretty good opportunity right there. I think others of us would say, uh, let me think about what Jesus did. I mean, imagine Jesus walking planet earth, being able to follow him like the disciples did. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? And then I think a lot of us would think, well, well, probably the worst case scenario is what we have right now. We don't have the pillar of cloud or fire. We don't have Jesus walking around, leading us in the flesh. We're just kind of walking around. I guess the Holy Spirit's in my life, but I don't know. I don't know what that even means. And so I think a lot of us would rate it like this. I would rather follow Jesus, then I'll take the pillar of cloud and fire, and then I'll kind of take it like we have it now. Can I tell you that if Jesus were rating those options, he would reverse the order completely? How do I know that? Because Jesus looked at his followers and said, guys, I'm going to ascend to heaven, but it is so good that I'm leaving and I'm not going to be around here anymore to to lead you around because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and man, is the Holy Spirit going to lead you. And so if Jesus were rating this list, you know what he'd say? He'd say the best case scenario for you and I to follow the leading of God and live a revolutionary life is the Holy Spirit in our lives like we have it now. The second, I think he would say, would be Jesus leading us step by step. And probably last, he'd put the pillar of cloud and fire. And so it's a huge deal that you and I have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why? Well, think about it. Jesus leading people around is great, but he couldn't be everywhere with everybody at once, right? 
But the Holy Spirit is in me right here in Hopog, and it's in you on your couch in your PJs, half paying attention, right? It's also with our Asian brothers and sisters. It's also with our brothers and sisters in the UK and Australia and England and anywhere you go in the world, anyone who has their trust in Jesus, man, the Holy Spirit's in that person. So automatically this is an upgrade, right? And then also we see here the pillar was great and all and leading the people. But think about it. The pillar of cloud and fire directed the people where to go, but it didn't empower them Right? The Holy Spirit doesn't just direct you and I. The Holy Spirit also empowers you and I to, to live out the lead and the following, uh, the, the leading of God in our lives. And so the best case scenario for you and I to live a revolutionary life is what we have right here and right now. The second reason that I think right now we're set up to live this revolutionary life like never before is because we have God's word, right? Think about God's word for a second. All the big things you need to know about, the greatest way God communicates with you and I is through his word. And so if I'm trying to learn who God is, I'm going to look to his word. I'm going to discover who God is and really who I am because of it, right? If my marriage is in trouble, I'm going to look to the word of God and it's going to show me what to do. If if my kids are, you know, kind of freaking out a little bit or I'm trying to figure out how to raise them well, I look to the word of God. If I'm a single person, I'm a retired person, how do I navigate this season of my life? Well, the scriptures tell us, right? If I try to figure out how to live a pure life, I look to the word of God. If I'm trying to figure out how to overcome some kind of struggle, I look to the word of God. And so God is constantly communicating. And think about it, the disciples weren't walking around with a Bible app, right? And neither were the people in Israel. And so you and I have this incredible resource in the word of God to lead us to the things of God and realize that God's always speaking to us, either through the Holy Spirit or his word or both, right? And so you and I have a tremendous advantage when it comes to living a revolutionary life because the Holy Spirit's in our life and the word of God is in our lives. Let's keep following the story. Exodus 14.1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pihahiroth, <laughs> I love that word, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea. Guys, where did he just lead them? Think about it. We're talking about following the lead of God in our life. We're talking about living a revolutionary life. He just led the people of Israel to a sea. Now the reactionary response would be this, I'm thinking. Um, Pharaoh might change his mind. And come after us. And if he does, we are stuck between a sea and the Egyptian army. Right? That's the reactionary response. But Moses wasn't living the reactionary response. He was living the revolutionary response. He wasn't going to say, let's leave. He was going to say, let's trust God. Let's trust God. And I have to tell you guys something. Living a revolutionary life isn't always easy. I'm going to say it. You say, living a revolutionary life isn't always easy. Living a revolutionary life isn't always easy. Right? It's hard sometimes to trust God when you're staring at the sea. Right? It's hard to say, okay, God, I believe you're leading me to something big here and it's going to be powerful, it's going to be life-changing, but God, I'm struggling with this right now. And so hanging on to God is vital. Guys, for you right now, our team prayed it this morning. Oh God, don't let people lose heart right now. Don't let their hearts get cold. Don't let them become complacent. Oh God, please keep people trusting in you, close to you, God, because you are up to some big things. We're living in unprecedented times and this means God's up to some unprecedented things. It's hard to see that right now. The reactionary thing is God has abandoned us. This is the end. We're never getting back. God's not on the move. He's abandoned us. He doesn't love us anymore. Some of you guys are going through great personal loss. The reactionary response is, God must not love me. He must not be with me. He must be listening to those people, but not me. Wow, we gotta cling to God. Guys, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't go reactionary right now. Cling to him. You might be staring at the sea. Cling to him. He's gonna carry you through this. We keep following the story. 
here a little bit further and we find out why God would do this. And I want to tell you there is a why for you today. There is a why. There's a why to this pandemic. We don't know it yet. There is a why. There is a why to why you lost your job, why you lost a loved one, why somebody you care about is in a hospital, you can't be with them. There's a why to that. Hang in there, okay? Don't lose heart. There's a why to why you and I are stuck in our homes right now, losing our minds. Hang in there. You're facing the sea right now. There's a why. There's a reason you're facing the sea. Just hang in there. And so the reason God would do this, it tells us in the beginning here of Exodus 14, is because he knew that if he led his people that way, Pharaoh would think, I think the people have lost their minds. They must be going a little bit crazy or gotten confused. Now's my time. Now's my time to go pound on them. And so that's exactly what happened. Pharaoh went and he became this pursuer and caught up to them at the sea. And look what it says in Exodus 14.10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, but I love this, and cried out to the Lord. So great first response. They went revolutionary. They went, oh God, we're not going to react here. We're going to cry out to you. We're really scared right now. But unfortunately, it didn't last long. The next verse says, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us? by bringing us out of Egypt. Guys, we gotta stop right here and just say to the Israelites, have you forgotten God? Have you forgotten the leading of God? Have you forgotten he called Moses to come get you and rescue you? Have you forgotten the plagues he sent? Listen to me, this is really important right here. Have you forgotten the pillar of cloud and fire? You couldn't have because you could still see it. Like the Israelites that were there looking at the Red Sea could still see the pillar and cloud of fire of God's presence. Like it was right there. As much as I'm looking at this lighting pole right now, they could stare up at the pillar of cloud and fire and say, this is God's presence still with us, leading us. But they were freaking out. I want to tell you something. This is so important. Anytime. You are going through difficulty. You can still find a pillar of God's presence. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you're losing your mind right now, no matter what hardship you're facing, no matter how depressed you feel, you can always find a pillar of God's presence. Sometimes you just got to look for it. Moses could see the pillar of God's presence. He was aware of it and communicating with God still. All the people had their eyes off over this way, looking at the sea or the army. There's always a pillar of God's presence. So my mother-in-law, who by God's grace is doing really well, we're so grateful. She's watching the stream right now. Hi, Mom. Hey, I got to say hi, Mom, to a camera. That was so cool. But it was real. But man, what a beautiful thing that my mother-in-law is tuning in right now. And I want to tell you something she said to my wife this week. They've been talking all the time and FaceTiming all the time. But if you know them, sob fest, right? Crying all the time. But the reason that they're crying all the time is because they are so emotional about what God's been doing. And I want to tell you one of the things my mother-in-law said. She said, Kelly... There is always a sign of God's goodness, no matter what you're going through. You just have to look for it. Wow, that's exactly what we're talking about, right? There's always a pillar of God's presence. She's saying that from a rehab center. After being on a vent, after being in the hospital for over a month, she's saying there's always some sign of God at work. And I want to encourage you today to find that. As you're losing your mind, as you're heartbroken, as you're bored, as you're just feeling so lazy and apathetic and you're in this quarantine comatose, find the pillar of God's presence and follow it. Remember he's with you and remember he has you. It goes on in verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Man, how powerful is that? 
Guys, life is hard no matter what, whether you follow God or not. But isn't it true that as we follow God's leading, he will fight our battles, right? We begin to see that that's the truth. I want to say it, then I want you to say it. As we follow God's leading, he will fight our battles. Now you say it. As we follow God's leading, he will fight our battles. And this is the reality. This is what they saw, and this is what we still experience today. And it goes on in verse 19. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind. Listen to this. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. And the leading of God has now become the protection of God. Have you ever experienced that in your life? A lot of us are like, I don't know if I want to follow God. It could be risky. Oh, he's going to lead you some, to some pretty crazy stuff, I'm sure. But it's incredible how protected you are when you follow his lead. The leading of God becomes the protection of God in your life. Why? Because as I follow the leading of God on the path he has for me, he suddenly becomes this pillar of his presence between me and all the other alternatives that would have killed me had I gone the other way. Thank God the Israelites didn't go the short way. Right? They would have gone back and been slaves to Egypt. No, they followed God's leading. They were led to a kind of intense, scary circumstance, but the pillar of God's presence was with them, and it was their protection in the midst of the most dangerous time. To summarize a little bit now, Moses is told by God to stretch out his hand over the sea. He does that. The sea parts. The people walk across on dry land. They look back to watch the sea encompass and overtake the Egyptian army, like the verse said, never to be seen again. And I love this, verse 30. That day... The Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Because living a revolutionary life sets us up to see God do the impossible. And that's some of the joy in this, guys. It's scary. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you, when you and I begin to live this revolutionary life, we are setting ourselves up between the sea and the Egyptian army to see a miracle, to see God do the impossible and to come through in ways only he can. I want to tell you something if you're not a follower of Jesus. God is a rescuer. Have you seen that today? God is a rescuer. He saw his people in slavery stuck and, and crying out to him. And he sent Moses and delivered them, rescued them. And time and time and time and time again through the story, he rescues and he provides and he delivers and he's their protection. And God wants to rescue you. I don't know what you're stuck in today, but he wants to rescue you, not just from circumstances, but from sin and separation from him. He wants to offer you life today and let you know that he wants to lead you. But I hope today what you guys are all grabbing a hold of here is just the most important thing that we got to be aware of. That God wants to lead you to live a revolutionary life. That's the reality. That's what I want you to grab a hold of today. God wants to lead you, specifically, to lead a, live a revolutionary life. A life that brings great change and impact to the world. Yes, right now in the middle of a pandemic, God wants to use you. You know what? I think what God's been saying in my heart, I haven't even got a chance to talk to our team too much about this yet, but what God's been just leading me the last several days is it's time for our church to just kind of rise up, okay? Like, yes, I pray you've been fed by the devotionals and the videos and the streaming and all that. Guys, it's time to do something, all right? It's time to do something. I know that's hard right now because there's a lot of, you know, different rules. We're not going to break those rules, 
But it's time for us to do something. And so I believe in the next season, then you know, kind of maybe chapter two of this quarantine, we're gonna start seeing God use us specifically in big ways. So hey, we're gonna go out another prayer, a parade of hope and prayer on Tuesday night. And I, I pray you'll join us. We're gonna be in our cars, we're gonna abide by the rules, but let's go bring some hope to people, right? We're gonna start giving out groceries, not to people who need them. We're gonna start giving them out to you so you can take them to people that you know who need them and you can be a light right now in this community, right? I want you to start thinking, how can God use me in the midst of this? A revolutionary life. It's time for us to start doing stuff, right? We're gonna figure out how. And I think, you know, the time's gonna come. There's gonna start lifting restrictions. Probably Sunday gatherings is gonna be the last thing to come back, honestly. So we could do a whole bunch of stuff community-wise. We can serve people like never before who are hurting and who have great need. You know, we always talk about how we live in kind of a, a well-to-do area. Our church is kind of in a well-to-do area and there's not a lot of people who are looking for help. Guys, everybody's looking for help right now. And so it's time to do some stuff. It's time to live a revolutionary life. And I'm going to be seeking the heart of God with our team about what that looks like. But there's two options you got right now. Tuesday night prayer drive. And also we're going to be giving out groceries. Take them out or just go to the store, pack a bag, drop it off at a friend's house, send them a text. Just drop some stuff. God loves you. We're going to get through this. Let's do some stuff, some big stuff right here and right now. But we got to look for his leading. We got to look for his leading. We gotta remember, we have the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said that would be better for the Holy Spirit to be with us than for Jesus to be with us. So he is gonna lead us, he's gonna direct us, he's gonna convict us, he's gonna empower us. Are you aware? Are you aware that he wants to speak? Are you leaning in? Are you ready? Are you listening? Are you shaking off the quarantine comatose? We've got, the, we've got God's word to lead and direct, to show us who God is, to show us what it looks like to follow him. If you don't have a Bible, our app has a Bible right on it. If you don't have a Bible, there's all kinds of online Bibles. There's apps you can download. I encourage you guys, grab a Bible, get into God's word during this time. But we have got to remain connected to him. This is how we impact our neighborhood. This is how we shine brightly on our social media network. This is how we leverage our singleness, our retirement, and our quarantine time to make a great impact for God. But you might be saying, but Doug, this just all seems so mundane. All, all, all of our world is going through this mundane time where things seem like there's just nothing to do. There's nothing big. There's, there's no big connection point to God right now. I want to close with just this story about a guy named Brother Lawrence. He was a man who lived in the 1600s and he went from living a really excited life to like the most mundane you can imagine. He went from being a soldier. He got wounded and he ended up being a cook in a cafeteria in a monastery. Like how mundane, right? How slow, how, what, what a difference between going, going, action to like cooking and cleaning in the back of a cafeteria that nobody even cared about him much. But Brother Lawrence had this mission in his life. He was gonna live the connected life to God. He was gonna make sure he was tuned in to what God was doing and see the pillar of God's presence in his life no matter what. And he actually called it this, practicing the presence of God practicing the presence of God. God, I just want to practice your presence. Wherever I go, I want to be in tune with what you're doing, whether I'm cleaning a dish or I'm talking with somebody or I'm just by myself. God, I want to be in tune with you. And then what, some of the things I love about this guy was that he was really humble and he wrote a bunch of conversations and letters to different people and they actually published him in a book called The Practice of the Presence of God. But when he wrote the letters, he said, hey, don't tell anybody about this. This is what I'm doing. I'm trying to just stay in touch with God, but don't tell anybody. Right? And so they honored his wishes and then he died and they published the book with all his letters, which is great. But another thing I love about him was he was a really ordinary guy. He is described as an awkward fellow who broke everything. That sounds like me, right? I think a lot of times we think, oh man, superhero Christians, they're the ones who are always in communication with God, living the revolutionary life. No, 
No, no, just a broken guy like Brother Lawrence scrubbing dishes saying, God, how are you gonna use me today? God, give me a vision for something bigger than me today as I clean these dishes. God, use me. I wanna be in touch with you. And he wrote some great things which I wanna read along with you. He said this, that we should establish ourselves in a sense of God's presence by continually conversing with him. This idea of an open conversation, right? Like the Israelites followed the pillar and the cloud, like the disciples followed Jesus. Just this conversation with you and I, oh, Holy Spirit, lead me right now. God, I'm in your word. I'm listening. Speak to me, right? Then it says this, that we might accustom ourselves to a continual conversation with him, with freedom and in simplicity, that we need only to recognize God intimately present with us, the pillar of God's presence. He is with you. He says to people who might get a little distracted. Some of you guys are sitting on your couch right now, like, Doug, I listened to about a fifth of the message. I'm so distracted. I'm looking at my kids. I'm watching the dog run around in circles. I'm on my, I'm on, I'm on my phone a little bit here, just a little distracted. Brother Lawrence says this about that. You tell me nothing new. You're not the only one that is troubled with wandering thoughts. Certain bad habits of wandering, dissipation, they're difficult to overcome and commonly draw us even against our wills to the things of the earth. I believe one remedy for this is to confess our faults and to humble ourselves before God. If you get distracted and you're having a hard time remaining in the conversation with God, it's time to go, God, I get distracted and I have a hard time remaining in the conversation with you. Help me, help me, God. Tune me into the pillar of your presence. And then he goes on, he says, blind as we are, we hinder God and stop the current of his graces. When you and I disconnect from God, we stop the current of his graces. I want you to imagine this current, you know, almost like electricity, right? Flows through the electrical wires in your home. There's this current of God's grace that wants to flow to you and me. And when we disconnect from him, when we look away from him, we take our eyes off the pillar of his presence. It's like this current of grace stops. And then he says this, yes, we often stop this torrent by the little value we set upon it but let us stop it no more. Let us enter into ourselves and break down the bank which hinders it. Let us make way for the grace of God. Let us keep the conversation going. Let us keep communication with God going. And if we did, man, we would live a revolutionary life. If you're not a follower of Jesus, have you seen today that God is a rescuer? He wants to rescue you. He loves you so much that this rescue meant so much to him that he put his son on the cross to die in your place and to raise back from the dead to rescue you and to rescue me. He loves you so much and he wants you to know him and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to him today. But if you're a follower of Jesus, I gotta tell you something, church. We're living in an unprecedented time. God is up to unprecedented things and you and I could be a part of it. I wanna remind you of two things. You are called. You are called to live a revolutionary life. Now we have to follow his lead. You got the Holy Spirit in you and you got the word of God to lead you and direct you and empower you. Jesus says you are the most set up out of anybody in human history to to be led by him to live a revolutionary life. So don't forget this week, God wants to lead you to live a revolutionary life. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you have given us the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that you are a God who communicates, that God, you want us to talk to you and know you're listening, but you also want us to listen and know you are speaking. And so God, I pray you'll empower us. God, it is time for us to do stuff. I believe that with all my heart. We're gonna shake off this quarantine comatose. We're gonna impact our community. I pray you'll help us to do it in a wise way. I pray God that we will not break any rules or laws, but God, at the same time, you'll give us creative ability to impact people, to bring hope, to shine brightly, to make an impact, a revolutionary impact, God. Not little or small, big, God, big. Thank you, God. You're a follower of Jesus. Would you pray right now? Would you say, God, how do you want to use me this week? 
how you want to use me this week, God? How can I reach my social media network this week? How can I impact my neighborhood this week? How can I leverage my single life, my retired life, my at-home life, my lost job life right now, this quarantine thing? How can I leverage it for you, God? Kids sitting at home from school, how can I be used, God, this week to impact my friends, the other kids at my school? God, how can I be used even though I'm in this quarantine phase right now? If you're not a father of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I encourage you to pray with me now. Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me. Thank you so much for showing me today. You love me and you are a rescuer. And not only that, you are going to lead me now to live a revolutionary life, something bigger than myself. God, show me what it looks like to follow you. And I thank you for this gift of salvation. 